Here's why we played that game. When we look for things in the wrong places, we're not gonna find them. I only gave you 10 seconds to look for those eggs, but I could have given you 10 hours. If you were only ever gonna look in this pool, you were never gonna find an egg with money in it. It doesn't matter how much time you would have had, it doesn't matter how hard you were gonna look, it doesn't matter if you were gonna jump right in and break all the eggs. I was wondering if somebody was gonna try that technique. Yeah, I know, and that's why I didn't pick it here. <laughs> there you go, there you go. It doesn't matter if you're looking in the wrong place, you're never, ever, ever gonna find what you're looking for. Now here's the funnier thing about that. Do you know what I noticed? I noticed that every kid that got a chance to look realized that the people who looked before them, the people who had a turn before them, didn't find anything. And instead of trying something different, they said, I'm just gonna try even harder. The more and more we didn't find what we were looking for, the harder we looked in the wrong place. And that just doesn't make any sense. That's not very wise. That's not very smart. The more we come up empty, the harder and harder we look. Now let's stop picking on the kids today. Because when it comes to losing things and looking for them, I think grown-ups do a lot more of that than kids do. How many grown-ups in the room have lost their cell phones recently? There we go. It's time for true confession today, HRCC. How many grown-ups in the room have lost their cell phones recently? Now, how many grown-ups in the room have ever lost your cell phone while you were talking on your cell phone? <laughs> I did this. I did this recently. I was on the phone with my friend, and suddenly I realized that my cell phone was not in my pocket. And so while I was on the phone with my friend, I was thinking, oh no, I've lost my phone. And so I started looking for my phone. My friend thinks I was listening to him talking. I absolutely was not listening to him talking. I was going, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But my brain was going, you just lost your phone. And so I was looking in my pockets. I was looking in my jacket. I was looking on my desk. I was looking on the counter. I was looking in all the wrong places if I had only looked, oh, I don't know, in my hand. I would have found my phone. How many grown-ups have lost their cell phone while you were talking on your cell phone? Here's another one. How many grown-ups have lost their cell phone and thought maybe it's under the sofa, so they take out their cell phone and turn on the flashlight so they can look under the sofa to see if their cell phone is under the sofa? Anybody want to admit to doing that? I'm not saying anything, I'm just saying that's a scenario I'm familiar with. I've got one more. How many grown-ups have ever lost their cell phone and so they took out their cell phone to call their cell phone so that maybe their cell phone would ring and then they would hear it and find out where it is? Has anybody ever, we have one confessor in the room. We have one, we have two confessors. We have three confessors. Folks, we are always looking for things we think we lost, right? And it doesn't matter how hard you look, if you're looking in the wrong place, you're never gonna find it. When you're looking for something, you've got to look in the right place. 
And sometimes, like with your cell phone, the right place is way more obvious than you might think it is. But it's only obvious if you're paying attention. The game we played with the eggs and the money, of course it was kind of a trick, and I'm sorry that I tricked you, but it was a trick that I knew was gonna work because I told you who knew where the money was. The answer, if you think about it, was kind of obvious. But if you aren't paying attention, you're gonna miss what's obvious, and you're gonna be looking in the wrong place. That's what happened to the women on that Sunday morning when they went to find Jesus. They were looking for the right thing. How many know that looking for Jesus is always the right thing to do? Looking for Jesus is always the right thing. They were looking for the right thing, but they were looking in the wrong place. And they could have known better. Some people might say they should have known better. Did you know that Jesus told his followers exactly what was going to happen to him? In the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 21, this is before Easter Sunday, this is before Good Friday, this is before Palm Sunday, this is long before any of those things happened. Jesus told, uh, told his followers something. Matthew chapter 16, verse 21 says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. It doesn't get much more obvious than that, does it? He told them, and if you keep reading in the Gospels, if you keep reading in Matthew or in Mark or in Luke or in John, you're going to see that Jesus actually talked about this a lot. It's not like he just said it once. He said it again and again and again. He said, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to be killed. And then he didn't say someday I'll rise again. He said, on the third day, I'm going to rise again. And so his disciples should have been able to go, okay, Friday was the first day. Saturday was the second day. So on Sunday, day number three, should we be looking for him in a grave? No, because living people don't live in graves. That's not the right place to look. But the thing is, Jesus' followers didn't really understand what he meant. It seems pretty obvious to us. And it might even sound like we're making fun of them a little bit for not understanding. But we shouldn't. Because what Jesus was saying was just something that they couldn't understand. Maybe they thought Jesus was using symbolism to tell them some sort of story. Maybe they thought there was a deeper meaning to what he was saying. Maybe they thought he was talking about someone else or something else. Who knows what they thought, but they didn't realize, this we know for sure, they didn't realize the, various, the very obvious truth in what he said. So when Sunday morning came, they didn't know where to look for him. And it's just like the game that we played with the money hidden in the plastic eggs. The women who were looking for Jesus thought that they were looking in the right place because they thought they understood what was going on. The kids that got to look in the pool thought that they were looking in the right place because they thought that they understood what was going on. They didn't realize that their pastor, who loves them very, very much, was playing a nasty trick on them. But if those kids had been listening closely, they would have known not to look in the pool, they would have known to go look 
near Miss Kelly. If the followers of Jesus had been listening closely, they would have known not to look in the tomb. They would have known to look in a place where you would look for someone who is alive because Jesus had said, on the third day, I'm going to raise from the dead. He said, I'm not going to be in that tomb for very long at all. I think that sometimes we all have a tendency to be a little bit like the women in the story. We know what God's word says, but we still end up looking for things in the wrong places. We look for happiness, and happiness is a good thing. Happiness is a fine thing, but we look for happiness in things like money and like possessions, and God's word says you're not gonna find it there. We look for joy and we look for peace. We look for things in our world to be okay and, and, and for us to be fulfilled, but we look for it in, in entertainment and stuff that we can do. And God's word says you're not gonna find it there. We look for safety and security. That's a good thing, right? It's good to be safe and it's good to be secure, but we look for it in the wrong place. We look for it in power. We think, uh, if I'm in control, then everything will be okay. Then I'll be safe and everything will be secure. If I have all the authority, if I'm the one making the rules, then I'm gonna be okay. We're looking for something that's a good thing, but we're looking for it in the wrong place. We're not gonna find it there. We look for love. Love is a very, very good thing. But how many times have we discovered through our lives that we've been, can I quote the song lyric now? Looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> we look for love in relationships that aren't honoring to God. We look for love in, in, in broken human people. We look for love in all kinds of situations and circumstances where God's word pretty plainly tells us, my child, you're not going to find it there. We're looking in the wrong places. So many of those wrong places are dead ends. And yeah, I used the pun there. I know what I said. Dead ends. We try and we try and we try, but we're never going to find what we're looking for if we're looking in the wrong place. And human beings, being kind of foolish sometimes, when we realize we haven't found it, what do we do? We look even harder. We look even harder. We go even further down the road and we're still not going to find it. Now I want you to remember what the angel asked the women that morning. It's our memory verse, right? Why do you look for the living among the dead? Why are you looking for someone who is alive and you came to a cemetery where there's only dead people to find him? Why do you look for the living among the dead? Why are you looking for someone that brings life in a place where you're only going to find dead things? Can we apply that to our lives this morning? Church, think about this. Why are we looking for, for joy or life-giving happiness in our possessions? Possessions don't last. They die. They fade away. They pass away. But the joy that God gives never fades away. We need to be looking to Him for joy. Why are we looking for love and acceptance and approval in the minds of other people. People are fickle. They change their minds all the time and the favor of mankind will soon fade away. 
But God never changes. So seek to please him rather than pleasing people. Why are we trying to find peace and security in worldly power? Strong men grow old and frail. Nobody say amen. Strong men grow old and frail, and even the world's most powerful empires all crumble someday. But God offers a peace that endures through all things. And so maybe we should find our confidence in him instead. We could go on and on and on here, couldn't we? The things of this world will all pass away. They all die. And so if life is what we seek, then we aren't going to find it in the things of this world. We're just looking in the wrong places. Instead, let's do this. Let's listen very, very carefully to what God says, because unlike in the game that, that we played today, God doesn't have any tricks. He's not trying to trick us. I was trying to trick the kids, so I was very careful about what I said. But God's not trying to trick us. He just wants us to listen very, very closely. When we listen closely, we discover that he has told us exactly what we need and exactly where to find it. It's just that sometimes we don't understand it because it seems too incredible. It seems too different. It seems too improbable to believe. But the Easter story reminds us that it's only in Jesus that we can find the life that we seek. There was a time, this is before Jesus' crucifixion, before the Easter story, when he was still teaching his disciples and walking with his followers and, and meeting people and doing all the things that he did during his life. There was a time when he started to teach some pretty hard lessons, some pretty difficult things. He started to say, here's some things you need to know. Life isn't always going to be easy. And a lot of the people that had been listening to Jesus didn't like what he was saying when he said those things. And so a lot of people that had been following Jesus stopped following Jesus. A lot of people that had been listening to Jesus stopped listening to Jesus. A lot of the people that had been learning from Jesus stopped learning from Jesus because they didn't like what he was saying. And the Bible says that when that happened, Jesus turned around to his 12 best friends, his disciples, his closest buddies. And he looked at them and he said, are you going to leave me now? Are you going to leave me just like they did? Are you going to leave me too? And one of Jesus' closest friends, his disciple Peter, turned to him and he said something that I think is really, really interesting. Peter didn't say, No, you're awesome. This is so much fun. I can hardly believe it. Let's go. He didn't say that because Peter knew what everybody else knew. These teachings really are hard. It really is hard to listen closely to what God has to say. It really is hard to be challenged by what Jesus is telling us and to really, really follow him. But there's something else that Peter understood. Let me read to you what Peter said to him. When Jesus said, are, are you going to go away? Are you going to leave me too? Is that what's happening here? Is everybody just going to leave? The Bible says Peter said, Lord, where would we go? Where would we go? You alone have the words of life. Peter understood. 
In that moment, he understood. If life is what you're looking for, it doesn't matter how hard it sounds, there's only one place you're going to find it. Jesus. If life is what you're looking for, you can look anywhere else you want. You can come up with any other idea that you want. You're not going to find it there. And so no matter how rough it gets, no matter how challenging it gets, no matter what you feel like in any one given moment, Peter understood, man, I'm after life. That's what I'm looking for. And there's nowhere else to find it. Only in Jesus. I think that's what it means to be a people that have been shaped by Easter. I think that's what it means to be real followers of Jesus. And that's our goal. Not to follow some teachings and to follow some rules and to try and do things a certain way, but to recognize that there is only one who has ever encountered death, passed through it, and emerged victorious. There is only one who can give us life. And that's the one I want to follow. I'm going to say a prayer, and I'm going to invite you to pray with me. While I'm praying, the worship team is going to come back up on the stage, because we are going to conclude our service today by singing together one more time. But before we do that, let's all bow our heads. Worship team, you can come. Everybody else, I want you to bow your heads, and I want you to join me in a word of prayer. The prayer that I'm about to pray is a prayer of dedication. It's a prayer that says, Jesus, I want to follow you because I am seeking the eternal life that you give. And I want to invite everybody in this room to pray that prayer along with me. You don't have to say the words as I say them, but you can listen and you can concentrate and in your heart you can tell God, these are the prayers that I want to pray today. Now, maybe you've already prayed a prayer like that before. That's okay. You can pray this kind of prayer. You should pray this kind of prayer every day of your life. But some of us are going to pray this prayer for the very, very first time. Because this Easter Sunday is going to be a day of new life. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we want to follow you. There are a lot of things in this life that we desire, that we want, that we are looking for. There's a lot of things that we're, we're hungry for. And so we, we have learned to look for them in all sorts of places. But we recognize today, on this Easter Sunday morning, that we can search as hard as we want. If we're looking in the wrong place, we're never going to find it. And so I ask, Lord, that you would forgive us for searching for, for love and for safety and for significance and for meaning in any place other than you. God, we've all done it. We've all tried to find things that will fill us in the things of this world, but we recognize on Easter Sunday morning that the things of this world will all pass away. Why would we seek that which brings life in the middle of things that only bring death. And so God, hear our hearts when we say it is our commitment today to seek life only 
in the name of Jesus, to seek life only in the Lordship of Jesus Christ, the one who brings life, the one who gives life, the one who has conquered death in the grave. God, only in you and in your son Jesus can we find what we have been searching for. So hear our hearts today as we commit to you that that is our intention. God, we're going to need your help to do that. We're going to need your help to do that. Because there are a lot of things in this world that look awfully appealing. Teach us, God, to say no when we need to say no. Teach us to be focused on what you said and not what we think you might have meant, but, Lord, what you actually said. Teach us to be a people who live as people of the resurrection because that's the Savior that we follow. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If today happens to be the first time that you've ever talked to God like that and said those kinds of things to him, I want to celebrate with you. You've made a change. You've decided to do things different in your life. And I would encourage you to mention to somebody else that that's exactly the decision that you made today because we want to be able to congratulate you and welcome you into the family. I'd like to invite everybody to stand up. And we're going to sing together. We're going to celebrate one more time the risen Lord. And when the song is over, Jenna's going to give you a blessing and you will be dismissed. Before we start this